If you don't want to meet and keep it clean, fellas, trim those heads. You get the 20% off at Manscaped plus free shipping with the promo code AFN at Manscaped.com. Hey, yo. What's up, Chico? What's going on, people? As you already know, the Atlanta Falcons have defeated the Arizona Cardinals 20 to 19. You are now tuning in to the enemies of the Atlanta Falcons. The heavy hitters. Hey yo. Hey yo. Let's get straight into it, man. Like I said, this is a good this is a good day. This is a good day to start the new year with a dub. Like I said, this was a complete team victory. It wasn't the prettiest game, but guess what? Oh yeah, disclaimer. If a lot of y'all got a problem with us being positive today, you might as well turn off or go to somebody else. Because we about to critique this game we're gonna have some positivity so positivity is your kryptonite turn off right now feel the power (laughs) because apparently apparently now we are the number one enemy amongst falcon fans now which is crazy as hell but i love it mike go ahead and go down with the stats man what you got Okay, today, Desmond Ritter, um, obviously the rookie quarterback for the 95, 19 of 26, 169 yards, no touchdown, no interceptions. Todd Algier, um, the Falcons just had, uh, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say the best running, um, the running game, I think, uh, the Arizona Cardinals played inspired ball. Tyler Algier, 20 mm-hmm. carries, 83 yards, a touchdown. Cordero Patterson, 42 yards. Desmond Ritter, 9, 132 yards total, two touchdowns. Um, Michael Pruitt had a pretty big day. Uh, I'm about to say, you might want to owe him. You might want to owe him apology for that one. <laughs> for this game I, 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 look, I, I, look, I, I, look, I'm going to make this clear. <laughs> I want to make this clear, okay? I want to make this clear. He's Michael Pruitt. <laughs> okay? <laughs> <laughs> he ain't, look, he probably got his all his catches for the last two years today. Hey, <laughs> get but oh, guess what? No hey, look, hey, no look, hey, look, hey, look, look, guess what? The catches he made came in crucial moments. So at crucial moments. So look, man. More power to the kid. Look, I, I want I want him to succeed. I want him to continue to be having a good game in the year. Four catches, 49 yards, um, and four targets. He's slowly becoming one of Desmond Ritter's most trusted wide receivers. Uh wide receiver slash tight ends. Um, pass catches. This is say pass catches. Drake, yeah. Drake London continues to improve. Five catches, 47 yards. Uh Cordero Patterson. Six catches. I didn't realize he had those many kids, but six catches, 42 yards. 
Um, Demir Bird one kids, Tyler Zero kids, Cordero Hot the kids, Avery Williams the kids. And I think they kind of use Avery Williams in a unique um style today. So I think you know it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see how he um goes into the offseason and how his role expands going into uh well we already in 2023 but going into uh next season but you look at the sacks uh on the defensive side of the ball Isaiah Oliver kind of had a, a early sack in the game but nine total tackles nine total tackles for Isaiah Oliver so we starting to see Isaiah Oliver I guess he's coming back from you know getting comfortable as far as this uh coming back from the knee injury um so he had a sack you had oh uh me uh guess uh, can you say his name for me i always get his name uh daisy yeah how the hell you say his first name i i did the combo after the combo out of the combo all right out of the combo he had a sack Fathers had two sacks on the day um but Richie Grant, man, I want everybody like I want everybody thoughts on Richie Grant too. He had a pretty uh, eventful game. He had also <laughs> had nine tackles. <laughs> he had nine tackles on the on the game. He was all over the place. Troy Anderson, he he was all over. He they were using him inside, outside. They were using him as a wild card linebacker, just all over the place. Um, again, one of those guys that's just a silent assassin, in my opinion. As Abdullah Edison, I think Abdullah deserves another contract. He deserves to be with the Atlanta Falcons next year, um, next season. But at the end of the day, that boy that we call Cootie Koo, Young Way Koo, end up getting the game-winning field goal. So those are the stats. Um, let me – I, I want to say this real quick. Um just shout out to JJ Watt, man. His career is obviously coming to an end. Um, got a sack, and I mean, uh, JJ Watt is JJ Watt. I think he's probably one of the greatest uh, defensive linemen um, to ever play the game, man. And uh, I think he deserves to go out uh, on his own terms because this dude has had so many injuries. Uh, I, I I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he comes back. I don't know how he bounced back. He's probably one of the toughest guys I've ever seen to play the game. Um, because this dude untold picks, came back after picks after a few months, and then like he's had it all, all types of injuries. So shout out to JJ Watt, man, for a legendary career. Um mm-hmm. uh and, and one more shout out. One more shout out. Um Blah. I, I hope I say his name. David. David Blah. I'll just say David Blah. All right. He had a pretty <laughs> good game. He, um, he played a lot better than I thought he would uh, He would play. So shout out to David Blah for having a, a pretty good uh, game. And those are the stats. Those are, That's my take. So we can get into the nitty gritty, man. All right, hey Jew man, let you kick us off, man. Well, well, how did you feel about this game, man, and what did you see? First off, happy new year to everybody. Uh, it is January 1st, New Year's Day. Um, and before I just talk about the game, I do want to give uh JJ Watt his flowers because to me, he is first ballot hall of famer. Anybody that says he isn't, go argue with your mama. 
Uh, J.J. Watt is one of those guys that um, is the first ballot Hall of Famer. That dude, before that was an Aaron Donald. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, before there was an Aaron Donald, there was J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt was that dude. You know, we talk about Aaron Donald being, you know, compared to Lawrence Taylor. But before it was Aaron Donald, it was J.J. Watt. He was the first number 99 that everybody wanted to be like. He was that guy that was tops. When we talk about the NFL 100 players, he was that guy in the top three pretty much every single year. And that's what Mike is talking about. They showed it today. Two seasons with 20-plus sacks. That's crazy. That's what the whole team been getting in the last two two seasons. You have you have to remember he's getting twenty sacks from a three four bookend position at that. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's <laughs> not D tackle bookend. Right. Meaning they not. You know what I'm saying you're not that guy coming off the edge getting one on ones. You beating double teams. You doing that from the middle. Even though he was a guy similar to Aaron Donald was one of the first guys you see they move around. If you seen him today. He was lining up over everybody trying to find our weak link on our defensive line. And sure enough, when they line him up over Dalman, that's when he got his sack. That's when he got his sack. There's one sack of the day. So, I mean, he was, he was smart. He was smart where he lined up on that particular play. But he was lining up all over the place trying to find that weak link in our offensive line. So, shouts out to J.J. Watt, man. He's one of those guys, like I said, incredible. Like I said, everybody, he's kind of a forgotten name because you talk more about his brother, T.J. Watt, now. And you talk about Aaron Donald. But before those two guys, J.J. Watt was the Aaron Donald of the NFL. So, shouts out to him. You know, he got one more game left. But arguably the greatest uh, defensive tackle or one of the greatest, definitely a top five uh, defensive lineman all time. So, right. shouts out to J.J. Watt. But to this game, we finally got a win. We ended the losing streak, as I told you guys. Uh, the last time we won a game was the game that we was at against the Chicago Bears. So we was on like a four-game losing streak. So this was a huge win. The first win for Desmond Ritter as the starting quarterback. So shouts out to Desmond Ritter. Um, but in this game, I just seen growth. I told you guys, when we went and changed quarterbacks, went from Mariota to Desmond Ritter, we're seeing it. Me and Mike was talking about it prior to the show starting, that Desmond Ritter – I told you guys he was a better passer. He has that feel. We talked about it in the heavy hitter show on Wednesday. That pass you talk about to Pruitt where the linebacker's coming over and he just throws the ball, you know, in that tight window. That's a play where Marcus Mariota would have overshot it or he would have hesitated and would have had to tuck the ball down and run. Well, you're seeing with Ritter that, that he runs at the last, you know, that's his last option. He's not looking to run the ball. He's looking to look down the field similar to a Russell Wilson uh, early in his career in Seattle, where when the play breaks down, that's when you'll see him run. But he's reluctant to run the ball, but he does it in smart situations. And you see when Desmond Ritter does take off, most of the time he gets down. But we were seeing Mariota take big hits. You see Desmond Ritter slide. You see him run out of bounds, get as many yards as he can. But he's cerebral. That's something that me and Mike was talking about before the show. He's one of the smarter quarterbacks. He, This guy, you can tell he played a lot of college football. And you see why he won a lot of games at Cincinnati and was able to get them into the college football playoffs. So I think we got our QB one for next year. Everybody's talking about all these veterans and drafting new quarterbacks. You've seen in this game, we're seeing a progression of Desmond Ritter every year. And this is without weapons. Like we're not, yeah, we have Drake London, but arguably our best weapon is injured with Kyle Pitts. So just imagine what kind of season Kyle Pitts would have had 
if Desmond Ritter would have played more games or if he would have actually got to play with a Desmond Ritter because we're seeing him elevate players like Michael Pruitt. So just imagine what he could do with a Kyle Pitts who can threaten you deep down the middle of the field and who can catch the ball and actually run out the catch because we know that Michael Pruitt, that's not his game. He's basically going to catch the ball and basically just go down. He's not going to get a lot of yak yardage. But the main thing I took from this game is just we're seeing – um, the elevation of these young players. We're con continuing to see these guys develop. Uh, Tyler Algier, just a man amongst boys. Even though he's a rookie, <laughs> I literally seen him run. Uh, the linebacker Collins over. Zayden Collins, he literally just ran through him on one play. But that dude's going to be a monster. Uh, the, that three-headed monster between London, uh, Desmond Ritter, and Algier, those three guys are going to be special. And then you add a Kyle Pitts into the mix, and then possibly go out and bring in another guy in the draft. If you put weapons around Desmond Ritter, this guy's going to be special. I mean, we've seen it today. So shouts out to, you know, Desmond Ritter on the first win. As far as the defense, they made plays when they when they presented themselves. You know, I always talk about those three to four plays, K-Styles. I always say it, the three to four plays that changed the game. In this game, you actually made those plays. You've seen that we made one extra play that they didn't make in this game, and that was the difference. Uh, going into the game, because they had a lot of guys hurt, you know, Hopkins didn't play. We know Kyler Murray's injured. I kind of thought, like, okay, you would think this would be a game where the Falcons would probably blow them out. But this game has been – it was a reflection of the whole year. Every single game, for whatever reason, came down to the end. And that's mm -hmm. the same thing in this game. Every single game seems like it came down to the last drive. Mm -hmm. In this game, it happened to be that we were on offense and we went to that running game. You know, you know, we always talk about with uh, Dirk Cutter when he was here and when we had Dan Quinn and we couldn't run the football or we refused to run the football. In this game, we opposed our will. And unlike, uh, unlike that Detroit Lions game when we had uh, Todd Gurley, when they mm -hmm. told us not to score, Tyler Algier – Learned from the former Falcons <laughs> and didn't score a touchdown. Once he got the first down, he just got down and let us run the clock out. So, like I said, this team yeah, is man. well coached. As we talk about being well coached, this team is well coached. So, I'll let you guys take it from there because I can go on and on. But mm. you just seen it today clock management. We talked about playing complimentary football. You seen it today on that last drive. They worked it down, whittled that clock down, made them use their timeouts. You see Algier on the outside instead of running out of bounds, going, you know, going down inbounds to make them use their timeouts. So mm -hmm. it was just perfect, a perfect game the way that we ended the game. They they did it was basically textbook how they ended the football game. Well, I was I but I like I like that assessment on it. And um and those those folks you said cry to your mama, um, they belong to the um slap a whole tribe. Um <laughs> so um but I think today I like how they use Cordero Patterson today. I loved it. You didn't you didn't overuse him in the running back position. You flanked him out and you got him the ball out there. And that's why when you saw the the fourth quarter where he didn't look slow because he didn't he didn't he didn't get those big hits from those big guys in the middle. Like you said, six catches for forty yards. Nine rushes, what do you say, for 40 something yards? That's yeah. how Cordero Patterson should have been. That, that's how you want to use Cordero Patterson. And like you said, it, he didn't slow down. 
he was actually building the speed up. Because like you said, it's a big difference between getting hit between the tackles 15, 20 times a game as a wide receiver than it would be getting hit on the outside seven times a game against a corner. I agree. Um, I like... I like to really uh, reiterate this. Um, Isaiah Oliver really came into his own. I think uh, I, I think he was kind of really um, trying to find uh, the confidence uh, with his legs. Um, and today we saw a fully healthy Isaiah Oliver, uh, and I'm convinced that he would most definitely be back with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, like I said, he opened the game with a uh, a sack. Um, he came off the edge, got a sack, uh, and there was a play on the sideline where he used his his uh, length, his strength. Uh, it's just this is uh, veteran presence. Um, you know, just understanding the situation and things like that. So having a guy like Isaiah Oliver, man, playing outside because uh, because if, if 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 I see if I see Richie Grant trip up. <laughs> Fall, uh, uh, chase ghost like he's a damn dog. Okay, you know how them damn dogs they, they be seeing and they be seeing stuff in the air and they, they be running. That that Richie Grant, he, he, he'll just see, he'll just see little, little flurries in the air and he'll just. I don't know what he be doing. I have no clue what Richie Grant be doing half the time. So right. I, I need for Isaiah Oliver to continuously be that that veteran uh, in the secondary in the slot situation. That can play, um, that strong, uh, that play strong safety role. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say this: the Falcons' safety's got to play better. Richie Grant and and Jalen Hawkins, those guys are just they're. I feel a lot of time they just there, just on the field, <laughs> and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that ain't a good thing. You're just there. Make a play. Like when they make tackles, mm-hmm. it's already twelve. You know, it's like seven yards past the line. Yeah, that's a good. You didn't, you know, but they're just there. So I need them to make impact plays. I need them to be in position where they're gonna knock the ball down. They need to set the edge the proper way. And like I said, man, there's like I need to I need to see more from Jalen Hawkins in particular. I need Richie Grant to calm the hell down. But I need Jalen Hawkins to make his presence felt. And I don't think this year Jalen Hawkins has made his presence felt and show uh, us all um, what he's capable of. And as I'm looking at the Detroit Lions um, highlight, 41 to 10. Yeah, Mr. Justin Fields is probably uh, the only quarterback in the history of the, the universe to have 1,300 yards. And. Uh, a whole nother situation. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no, you good. You good. But yeah, I, um, I, I like to see. I like to see our secondary, um, make more plays. I'm, 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 we need playmakers in the secondary. I don't think we've made enough plays in the secondary outside of AJ because they just don't want to try. They won't try AJ. Um. So I need Richie Grant. I need Jalen Hawkins in particular. I'm really disappointed in Jalen Hawkins 
because a lot of times he's all he's just there. He's just in the way. I, I would much rather have Richie. I would much rather have Richie, you know, doing crazy stuff, missing an interception or dropping an interception. I don't see anything from Jalen Hawkins. We're not seeing anything in particular that's you know consistent. And that's the problem that I'm seeing. He needs to step it up. Now, hold on. Now, like you said, um, I see what you're talking about because it's more so like you forget that he's out there half the time. Right, right. So, Make your presence physically. Like, you you know what Keanu Neal, like we all know Keanu Neal was oh. not the greatest, <laughs> the greatest pass. Uh, <laughs> but, pass but he will knock your block off. <laughs> On to it's knock one, your play. Block off one play or scare the living hell out of somebody, he would do right. one of the two. He would knock your block off, or he would scare the living shit out of somebody. Right. I don't now, see that for uh, Jalen. Now, now, as getting back to Ritter, like I said, and this is why I said, like, the progression of him throughout the game was immaculate. Like you said, it was the one throw that he made on that fourth down where he had that out route wide open. And he tried to go for it and go for it in the end zone, try to go for the big play. Like you said, that's a rookie mistake right there. But like you said, as you saw the game progress along, like you said, it's, it's not eye popping up. Let, let, let's get this out the way right now. You don't have to throw the ball 400 yards and, 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 and be spectacular. You ain't got to throw for 400 yards every game. The one thing you want to do is you want to make the throw at the time. And that's, like I said, that's that's the thing you want for your quarterback is to make the throw at the time. And I think when it I, I said last week, I, I was encouraged by Desmond Ritter because how smoothly he ran the offense. Of course, he made a few rookie, um, you know, mistakes as far as his reads concerned, sending the wrong guy, uh, forgetting that this guy needs to be in motion. Uh, like I said, over time, he's going to get better with those types of things. Uh, he knew uh, pretty much everybody's assignments. And like I said, that's always something the quarterback has to understand and the quarterback has to know is what everybody's job is. So, uh, with that throw, um, and I put that that throw uh, on my channel so you guys can uh, go watch that when you're done. But um, there comes a throw. There comes a time during a game where they know what you're going to do. You know what they're going to do, but you still make that throw. And it's either going to be picked. Or you're going to get the first down. What I saw from that kid with that throw, that laser, he lit, he threw that thing in a tight spot. A tight spot where only his court, what or only his player could get it. And that's like I said, that, that like that was a that was a man throw. That was a confident throw. And that is what separates Mariota from Ritter. The confidence in your throws and your abilities, and that's why I said I said last week that the Falcons have enough talent. They have enough talent offensively. 
but what's going to separate them and take them to the, uh, the next level is the mentality, believing that you can make these throws, believing that you can, you know, because you're looking at Tyler Algier right now, boy, like the dude got a different bounce to him. He knows he's good. He knows he belongs in the NFL. The dude bounced off like two, three tackles. And he, we're talking about defensive tackles, linebackers, DBs. It don't matter what it is. He knows he's good. There's nothing you can do about it. Those are those are the confident throws we're talking about when it comes down to um, having a, a, a quarterback and a team that's confident. Um, but And I agree. I just wanted to piggyback on what you said, Mike, about Ritter. I think his biggest thing with him, he's not flashy. He's not a flashy mm-hmm. quarterback, and I think that's kind of what a lot of the fans don't like about him. But he gets the job done. He put he gives me Matt Ryan vibes, just more athletic, and he can make all the throws. Like that's really what you want in a quarterback. I really don't care about you being super athletic. Um, he can run with you know he can get himself out of trouble and stuff like that, and he can make all of the throws. Like you said, the confidence, uh, the feel. Like I kind of talked about in a heavy hitter show like understanding windows, understanding that being able to anticipate. And I think that that's what he does a little bit better than Marcus Mariota is he can anticipate this is where I need to go with the football. And he's not flinching. He's letting the ball go. He's not afraid to make a big mistake. And as an NFL quarterback, and you hear um, Dave Ragone talk about this uh, when they talked to the coaches on Thursdays, when they did the press conference, he talked about, like being able to throw the ball where the pocket's not clean. And Ritter, he didn't want to take any shots at his guys at Cincinnati, but he basically stated, like, I didn't have an Alabama offensive line. And this kind of goes back to the the game I watched last night when I was watching Ohio State and watching Georgia, uh, watching C.J. Stroud. A lot of people like him. And I was like, he had all day to throw the ball. Like, in a lot of those plays, if you go back to it, it's like, who can't make passes when you got all day to throw? Like, yep. you got excellent wide receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr., the son of Marvin Harrison Sr. of the Indianapolis Colts Hall of Famer, he, his son's a, a great wide receiver. So they got great weapons. So it's like he had all day to throw. Like, when you have no pass rush coming at you, we've seen that today with the Falcons. Like, we talked about Bilal, the quarterback for, which is like they third stringing with Arizona. We really weren't get, wasn't getting pressure on him. So you even seen a third stringer out there making, you know, picking up first downs, making throws because he had time. You know, that's what happens when you give a quarterback all day to throw the ball. You make them look a little bit better than they really are. And that's why I said to me yesterday, I didn't want I was not trying to take a shot at CJ Stroud, but basically I was just like, I was more impressed with that offensive line of Ohio State and how much time they actually gave him to throw. I mean, Georgia got to him when it mattered most. They got to him a couple times. But I thought that Georgia's defensive line would have had, you know, been able to put a little bit more pressure on them. And to me, I think that that's the biggest issue with college quarterbacks as well. We talk about being able to grade these guys and these guys coming out and being bust and stuff like that. What makes it hard to judge a lot of these quarterbacks is the offensive lines that they're playing behind in, in college. It's like when you get to the NFL – you're not going to have all day to throw. And that's the biggest thing that scares me uh, with the Alabama quarterback. I think he had uh, Bryce Young. He has a lot of talent, but it's like, are you going to be able to put up these these kind of numbers and be able to get the ball off because he's a shorter quarterback? So one of the biggest things that I'm worried about is those throwing lanes, they're going to close a lot quicker uh, in the NFL. And you see 
you know, how many times do we see with Matt Ryan, 6'4 quarterback, balls getting batted at the offensive line by the defensive lineman? So that's what kind of scares me with those shorter quarterbacks is if you're not able to escape. You know, Drew Brees was one of the one of those smaller quarterbacks that understood and, you know, was able to throw the ball in those small windows without getting it batted a lot of the times. But I think that that's one of the biggest things and one of the things that is hard to judge those college quarterbacks is they get used to having all that time to throw. And I think it's actually been a benefit to Desmond Ritter that he didn't have the best offensive line at Cincinnati because the drop off uh, in the NFL is kind of like he's used to being under pressure. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't play behind, you know, five, five star offensive linemen. He had guys that weren't, you know, weren't the best. And he went up against top competition. Like we seen him go up against Georgia. We seen him go up against Alabama in the college football playoff without having a top offensive line. When we know Georgia and Alabama typically have NFL defenses. You know what I'm saying? If you look at their Mm -hmm. total defense, a lot of the time they have four and five players that's going to play on Sundays. And Desmond Ritter went up against that and still looked good. When he played against Georgia, when he played against Alabama, he still looked decent. So that's what kind of gave me confidence. And I think that's what giving him confidence is that I didn't play at the biggest school and I took that school to the, the, you know, to the college football playoffs. So he's used to playing with guys that are not the best. As much as we talk about not having the weapons, other than uh, Pierce that made the NFL that plays with a coach as wide receiver, he really didn't play with no wide receivers that are currently playing in the NFL. He didn't play with hardly any running backs that made the league. So that kind of says a lot about Desmond Ritter as well is that he's used to being under pressure. He's used to, you know what I'm saying, not having the best offensive line. And that's what kind of scares me about these young quarterbacks that are coming out is are they going to look the same when you put them in a difficult situation, in a difficult position? And the kind of piggyback off what you were saying as far as um, the offensive line is concerned. And one of the things that I've always said um, is that a, a, a quarterback – the thing that you look for in a quarterback when it comes down to the offensive line um, is all about when he sees it, how quickly can he get it out. That's what you look for. If there is any hesitation and you got all day, that's a quarterback that's going to struggle in the NFL. I agree. When Those you look windows, at they close that's it. Quick. That's it. That's all, all you're looking for. The quarterbacks, like last night, for example, we were talking about C.J. Stroud. He had all day. He had all day to step. One thing that they did, they kind of went to an up-tempo style uh, and entire to uh, Georgia Bulldogs' um, defensive line. They're a lot bigger. Um, they don't have the athleticism that they typically had uh, have um, last year. So those guys get a lot. They get tired. And a, a lot faster. Jalen Carter is, a, like I said, that's a big dude, man. Dude's like 6'6", 300, 40-some uh, pounds. That's a big dude. So you're going to tie those guys out. So when you have the ability um, to use your athleticism um, uh, defensively, uh, you're fine. But like I said, those up, I think those upbeat offense 
tend to work toward the quarterback's strengths. And one thing that I like about Des Meridian, Des Meridian type of quarterback is that he – it doesn't matter the tempo. He's going to make that confident and solid right throw. Now, I have, I know we got a few people that say to themselves that Ritter makes a couple of bad throws here and there. Um, and it's like, yeah, he made a few um, bad throws here and there. But like, like I said, that's that that's literally every quarterback in the NFL, man. Uh, and, and like I said, for me, I'm I'm confident in Desmarder because he's slowly starting to see those lanes develop. When you're starting to throw the ball to guys like Michael Poole, Cordero Haas, and then you're hitting Cordero Patterson out of the backfield as a wide receiver, um, how they're mixing up the plays. They're throwing you know, uh, checkdowns out of the backfield. They're throwing screen plays to the running backs. They're throwing screen plays to the tight ends. So these are like a lot of variations of, of passes. So there is a – there is a difference in the offense that a lot of people are not paying attention to because they're looking for numbers. But if you look at the variety of type of the variety of passes that they're throwing, they're throwing in the middle, they're throwing the short, they're throwing the intermediate. And when you get those weapons, you get Kyle Pitts back. The middle of that field is going to open. Those lanes are going to uh, open, and he's going to have more opportunities to use his athleticism because, like I said before, Desmond Ritter likes to escape through the middle of the field. So they're not going to be able to send those A and B gaps, um, blitzes like that, because if they do, Kyle Pitts is going to be right there. Guys like Michael Poole is going to be there. Or Drake London is going to be there in the middle of the field with his size and athleticism. It's going to be dangerous, man. My bad, y'all. My bad. I had to take a phone call right quick or uh, got some good news and stuff. So um, I'm very, very happy right now. But I already know what it is. Don't worry about it. I got you. <laughs> I don't, hey, yeah, you already know about it, man. But like I said, I just say it like this, man. If they go right, boy, six man case style is gonna be a very happy man. Just say that. <laughs> But um, my apologies, y'all. Um, this motherfucker. Yeah, man, man, that, that's my personal business. That's just, 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 just no, just, 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 just no. We can't even think right just now. Step in the right direction, <laughs> no, boy. Just say that. We just gonna leave that right now. <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with YouTube related or Falcon related. I, I, look, I, I, <laughs> Wow, wow. I got wow. 17 of them on the phone, so what, no, what are we talking man. about? <laughs> but yeah, getting back to the game, man. I I, I kind of missed a little bit what y'all are saying, but, but I do want to put a um highlight. I don't know if y'all already did it or not, but definitely want to put a highlight on Matt Hennessy at that left guard today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, Kay. We just was talking about Desmond Ritter. We picked up right where you left off about Desmond. Okay, Ritter. okay. So you okay. right. You right in. 
You're right. Okay, on okay, cool, cool. Like I said, the only thing I just said about Desmond Ritter is when you need a throw, you need a throw. And you need a throw at the right moment. You'd have seen it, you'd have seen it three times this year. Unfortunately, two of them got fumbled by his number one receiver. Just this time, the most unlikely guy is the one that came up with it in the crucial moment. So, like I said, get him this time. <laughs> we better ain't gonna talk about never trust a man without a mustache. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, I had, yeah, I had, I had to shave it off. I had to shave it off for a little bit. It's gonna grow back in a week, so we good. <laughs> But um, yeah, definitely Matt Hennessy. <laughs> he he did play well today. Um, it may have been like a couple plays where, of course, like you said earlier, JJ Watt is JJ Watt for a reason. But he held his own today, and like you said, it it, it, it helped spearhead that. I'm just gonna say it right now. <laughs> Caleb McGarry, man, I don't, I don't know what the hell he ate today. <laughs> I don't know what he ate today. Oaks, that boy turning the throw out there. Like I said, the offensive line played well today. They did. You still, you still gonna need a couple pieces on that offensive line, but they at least held up. You know what I'm and saying. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because this is one of the reasons why I say that to say that Arthur Smith is on the hot seat, it's just it's just it's just not a very smart thing to say. It's it's an idiotic thing to say. It's because one, we saw a guy in Caleb McGarry, everybody can tell the truth, right? Everybody can say this to themselves that we thought he was gonna be a bust. Me, you, everybody thought he was gonna be a bust. He was having uh he, he was in a lot of trouble pass protecting. And now how many times have we said this year, God damn it, Caleb? How many times have we said that? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Nobody every, remember. Every game. <laughs> every game. You know what I'm saying? This, this is what I'm talking about. So now this guy is really showing his potential. You got Chris Lindstrom, he's a pro bowler. Drew Dahlman, when he's not snapping the ball and getting pushed back to uh, through the damn uh, earth. Um, oh, he done got pushed back a few times today. Yeah, I, yeah, I said, when, he, when he's not getting pushed through the earth, okay? When he's not getting pushed through the earth, he's a very talented center. Uh, and then you got today, this is the second time that I've seen Matt Hennessy at that left guard position. He looks so natural. The only thing he needs to do is just work on um, – he probably got to gain a few pounds, um, but I think he fits well at that left guard position. They can do a lot more. I thought they were a lot more athletic. I thought they, uh, the variety and 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 the plays that they called that they could they were able to do with Hennessy at that left uh, guard position. I think he was absolutely amazing, and we saw that Jake Matthews when he had that left guard next to him. He can play like the Jake Matthews that we know. So this is why Coach Smith, he deserves his foul, man. He turned this offensive line. He turned Tyler Algier 
and he's close to breaking a Falcons uh, a Falcons rookie record. Um, you got CP is continuously CP, and we we're seeing the emergence of a Avery Williams. Everybody was wondering what would his contribution be to this team, and now we're seeing he's that gadget guy. He comes in, get a few um, plays where he can use his athleticism, catch the ball out of backfield. Like these are the things that he's doing. Michael Pruitt, a guy that he had in Tennessee that we thought was like, all right, who is this bomb? Well, we see what he's doing now. He's a solid veteran tight end that you can count on to make plays when his number is called. And that's what you ask for. That's the mark of a great coach. That is the mark of a, a team that believes in this coach because um, you got guys you don't believe in, you never heard of, and they still find a way to get it done. Definitely, definitely. And like you said, going kind of back to what the game stats were on on the game, <clears throat> if you look at it, if you look at numbers-wise, because like you said, if you're looking at it number-wise, it told you Arizona should have won this game. But, Mike, what is the one thing that you always been harping about since we started this show for the last couple of years? What's the main thing that you've always been harping about? <laughs> Timely stops. Yeah, timely stops, man. Got to be able to get that. Yeah, got to be able to get – got to be able to get those timely stops. It's like, like I said, the good teams, and this is what I was saying last night to a few people. Uh, uh, we had a space on Twitter, and we were saying the good teams are lucky. The good teams are lucky because they've been in those positions. They mm-hmm. get those breaks, but when they get those breaks, they make things happen. Mm-hmm. But it's all about getting those timely stops and time and momentum, knowing when to kick it up, knowing when to push that button. All right, we need to run the ball 15 times in a row. That's a, that right there is a mark of a great coach and knowing when, all right, we need to slow this thing down. Right. Let's slow it down, run this ball, keep on running. All right, we're not running the ball well? All right, let's see if I can, you know, get Drake landing the ball four or five times in a row. You know what I'm saying? Use Marcus Murray or use Desmond Ritter as a, um, you know, uh, to come in and make a, a, a play – a few plays with his legs and whatnot. So, like I said, those are the things you get. Good teams find a way to win. And I thought today the Falcons did exactly that. They made the plays when they need to make the plays. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still not happy with these reps and these calls and these other calls. It's just getting, it's getting to a point where, you know, uh, something has to be done. Something has to be done about that. They, they have to call these guys out. And like Bridget here, like you said, Bridget here. So I'm tired of folks saying Arthur Smith is on the hot seat. Y'all do realize this is what makes us enemy number one over here, do you? Because we the ones that disagree with this. So we're 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 public enemy number one in Atlanta right now. Yeah. What? The bad guy era never left. It's still him. Still here. I'm going to use the disclaimer, the new disclaimer for this show. If you don't like positivity, there's other guys you can watch. 
Yeah. Make sure yeah. I put that out. But like you said, man, it, it's just a good team win all around, man. I like I, I just I just loved it. Um <laughs> few hiccups here, few hiccups there. Um so who would be y'all player of the game for today? If you put it on one person, who would you say was the player of the game? That's tough. Um that's a real tough question right there. Because it wasn't really no players that really stood out. I'll say to me it's Tyler Algier because you guys know I used to always say that CP was the heartbeat of this team. To mm-hmm. me, like Tyler Algier has kind of taken over that role with the style that he runs with. Like you guys remember when um Devontae Freeman was like at his peak when he was at dude and he was killing. That's what I get. I get those vibes from Tyler Algier. Like when he's running that ball, and that's another thing that I think that we're not mentioning when we talk about Desmond Ritter. When you have a running back like Tyler Algier that's running the ball for like six yards a clip as a linebacker and as even as safeties and things of that nature, you don't have no choice. And as a defensive coordinator, you have no choice but to drop guys in the box, which is also going to make Desmond Ritter's life a lot easier. So at one point, you know, to me, CP was that guy. But I think now, to be honest with you guys, and I hate to say this, but I think CP is starting to slow down. And I, I don't know if it was you, Mike, or Kay. Y'all said it earlier in the show that I think it was Kay said, you know, it's a lot different getting hit by corners than getting hit by 300-pound linemen and getting hit by linebackers that's coming downhill. And I think you kind of seeing that with CP. Like early in the uh, in the season, he still runs hard, don't get me wrong. But to me, he doesn't run the ball like a true running back as far as Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier kind of has, to me, has turned into the hammer in the backfield where he just coming downhill full speed. And I kind of wanted to say this early in the show and I, this not taking any shots, but to me, Tyler Algier is everything that I thought Mike Davis was going to be last year. You talk about CP breaking down last year, but that was mainly because Mike Davis didn't do his part. We paid Mike Davis to come here, you know, come here and be that downhill guy. If you guys remember last year, Mike Davis was the starter going into this season and then CP just started balling that they had no other choice but to put them in because Mike Davis kept tippy toeing. So in this in this season, I really feel like Tyler Algier is the Mike Davis. Like when we talk about Thunder and Lightning, he that Thunder on this team that we thought Mike Davis was going to be. When we compare him to Michael Turner's for a reason, and to me, Tyler Algier is the guy that sets the tone. Like he's the guy that's coming flying downhill, and so much so that those windows behind the linebackers in the middle of the field is going to be wide open because Tyler Algier. To me, since he t- since he took over, I'll say when CP came back, Tyler Algier kind of just like went to another level. Because to me, when CP was out, Algier was playing okay. But it seems like when CP came back, Algier's like, let me like take it up another notch to make sure the te- to show everybody that I should be the number one running back on this team where they were able to move CP to the slot receiver. And I think that's kind of what happened. Even though they keep saying it was because of Kyle Pitts getting injured, I really think that Algier kind of took the bull by the horns like, this is my backfield. How we talk about that confidence that Mike Vick had, that confidence that Desmond Ritter has, these rookies on this team that we drafted, a lot of these guys have that mentality like, this is my team. And that's the kind of mentality that you have to have. And you heard, I don't know if you guys heard Dean Pease say this, but he said this about Richie Grant. It's like, we drafted you because you were a leader on your collegiate team. 
So we don't want you to come to the Falcons and take a step back to anybody. We want you to be who you were. If you're a leader, be a leader. Don't take a back seat to nobody. And I kind of think that um, Tyler Algier has done that. So to me, you know, CP, I felt like it was the heartbeat. To me, it's kind of shifting a little bit where now Tyler Algier is kind of like taking the bull by the horns and kind of taking the rein. It's like I'm the heartbeat of this team now. When this run first, <laughs> y'all should say CP name first. Tyler Algier kind of has crept up. And now I'm like, when the game start off, y'all always hear me say, put the ball at 84 hands. Now I'm like, where 25 at? Like, so much so I'm like, where I want to see Tyler run the ball because I know he's going to go downhill. He's going to get you yardage. He, and he's going to be a bruiser. Like, he's a guy that he's going to fall forward. And if it's like a third and short, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, run the ball, get that ball to Tyler Algier. Why? <laughs> like, get this. Hey, look, hey, I told CP. y'all, boy. It's now that. I'm like, I don't care. I don't know where he's going to get it. Hey, look, I told y'all, boy, that Samoan sleeve he got on. I'm telling you. <laughs> Samoan sleeve. Something, what something. you call it? Uh, uh, that, that boy got that Roman Reigns sleeve going down his yeah, arm, boy. I'm telling you. It's like, you remember Constantine when he had that like little, little patch on him and then he touched that, mm-hmm. that patch glow up? That, that's what that like mm-hmm. with uh, 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 Tyler all year, bro. That, that patch So, hey, man, D, like I said, 
it didn't look pretty on D. Go ahead. What you got, Mike? I, I, I don't I don't um, know, but um, I just want to make a, a, an announcement for Atlanta fans real quick. But Outcast maybe have a new album coming soon. I just wanted to throw that out there. What? Yeah, so all all, all y'all uh, outcast fans out there, I just I just had to throw that out there real quick. This is I'm a I'm a huge outcast fan, so I just had to throw that out there. I, I know I just I, I just I just I know I threw hey, everybody hey. for loops. Hey, like D Coleman said, church announcements. <laughs> I, just thought about it. I just thought about it. Let me see. Kyle Pitts, Richie Grant, Drew Dalman. Darren Hall, Avery Williams, Drake London, Arnold Abiquetti, Troy Anderson, D'Angelo Malone, Tyler year Desmond Ritter. You got Terry Fontenot has 11 of his guys playing significant time right now. Hmm. Almost had a door to explore moment like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll say my um, player of the game pop is not a player. Just the coach, Arthur Smith. Because we always talk about I, I said going into the season that my focus is not going to be on any player. Not worried about the players. I'm be working at. I'm looking at the coaches, and K Styles kind of elaborated last. Um, I think it was heavy hitter, where he said he wanted to kind of see instead of coming out so aggressive, and the front may have been you too, too. Um, but. Instead of being so aggressive, come out, get him in the rhythm, throw some, you know, uh, some slants, hook routes, uh, just just get him into a rhythm. Arthur did that, and that's uh, again that is the mark of a coach who understands. But most importantly, he's not egotistical. That's not trying to force his thoughts or his scheme onto players. He's willing to adapt from game to game. That That's what great coaches do. They adapt from game to game. You look at Sean Payton, who's close to coming back to the NFL, don't know exactly where they're going to be going, but one of the things that made him a great play caller is his ability to go from uh, the early years with the, the Saints. They were aggressive. They pushed the ball down the field, and then Drew Brees, he got older. He adapted. He was like, all right, he can't throw the ball as deep as he used to. We're just going to make him the check down card. So they just, just you know, they, they got Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. They drafted Jimmy Graham. They got ben, Benjamin Watson. And they said, um, give me Alvin Kamara, Dan Sproles, all those types of guys. 
and they just adapt. That's the thing that we're seeing from Arthur Smith. He's adapting. That's what we want from coaches. It's all about the in-game adjustments um, that I'm seeing from the head coach. So mm-hmm. I think, like I said, I think the, the play of the game for me, man, and like I said, there wasn't a lot of big plays in this game. Defensively, it wasn't a lot of big plays. Offensively, it was just a well-coached game. This, this is what we talk about when we talk about total team wins. Sometimes your offense don't play well. Sometimes your defense don't play well. We we usually run the ball for no less than 130 yards every single game. We didn't get that. And we still found a way to win. Right. The talk about look like Samuel Jackson and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> what did you say, mother? <laughs> You said the Falcons won. <laughs> you recognize that name, Mike? Oh, yeah. Of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. I love Arthur, but we messed up by winning today. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's the same guy that told us we were stupid for being positive. Yeah. Ain't that something? Hmm. Stupid for being positive. Hmm. Dumb as hell for being positive. Hmm. I believe I can touch the sky. I see my name every night and day. Look, I'll be right back. I believe I can soar. Like, come on, man. Who, who who don't like that song? Everybody love I Believe I Can Fly. Come on. Like, look, who, who say I, I, I don't believe I can fly? I don't believe I can fly. No, it don't even sound right. I believe I can fly. If you don't believe in positivity, what's wrong with you, bro? If you don't believe in your team, what's wrong with you? Why are we watching if we don't believe in our team? If, we're, if we don't believe, what's the point of watching the game? What's the point of doing anything? And like I said before, man, at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, man, drafting is not what's not what's going to turn us around. Does anybody know that one move that happened for the Rams that turned them around, the whole team around? Because it wasn't Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was already on the team. It wasn't Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was already on the team. That one move that they made that a lot of people not focus on, Ashawn Robinson. Ashawn Robinson. And that's what we talk about. With the Falcons in, uh, in 2016, everybody was looking at uh, Claiborne. Everybody was so focused on Big Beasley. Everybody was so focused on uh, Freeney. But when the Falcons decided that they no longer wanted Rasheed Hageman on that team, that defense completely changed. You always need that one guy on the defensive side of the ball that can physically dominate the opposing team. We're talking about physically uh, dominate that opposing team. 
And this is why I say a guy like Jalen Carter may fit well with the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know where he's going to drop, kind of got to, if he's going to drop. But Jalen Carter, um, I think have him next to Grady with Taquan, man, that'd be a sick, that that'd be a sick combination, bro. Because you wouldn't know where to stop. You wouldn't know where to go from there. Yeah, and I just want to piggyback on what you said too, um, Michael, when you're talking about, you know, the, the defense, beefing up the defensive line. We've talked about this, and I think that's another thing that we have to point to. When we keep talking about the secondary, to be honest with you guys, I'm not concerned about our secondary. Even uh, Jalen Hawkins, Richie Grant, I think our secondary really is the strong – one of the strong points of our defense. I'm more concerned with the defensive line. And you guys know that I've been preaching this ever since I started my channel is the game is one and losses in uh, one and lost in the trenches. And on the defensive line, I really feel like if you build that defensive line, if you beef it up, doesn't matter who you have on that back end. I've said this numerous times. If you look at that Eagles team, you can't name their corners. They didn't have any great corners. The year that they beat us in the divisional round, Jalen Mills, I believe, is one of the guys they had back there. They really didn't have any great corners. You don't need great corners if you have a good front seven. If you can get to the passer, you don't need great corners. It's been proven. You don't need great corners. And we already have a top five corner, top three corner, A.J. Terrell. So we actually have good corners. Isaiah Oliver is a good corner. Casey Hayward's a good corner. We actually have a good young secondary. Our problem is getting to the quarterback. I said that no, even if you like I said, we pointed the game last night. We we're just watching Georgia. Ringo is a good corner, but when you're not getting pressure, it doesn't matter how good of a corner I am because I can only hold up for so long. With with the way that the rules are set now, you can't do what you used to do in the 90s when you had guys like we always talk about Dion and those guys. You could be more physical in that in those times. Where now, if you do half the stuff that those guys were able to do to wide receivers, you will lead the league in penalties. So it's just like, let's be real. Like the defensive line as a whole, like you said, we just got to beef up that defensive line, uh, defensive line around Grady. Good news is we have some young players. I think Ebiketti is going to be a good uh, edge rusher. You brought in uh, D'Angelo Malone, who I think will be a good pass rusher. But I really think that you got to beef up the defensive line. And then I would also uh, look at making Walker turn into like, I would ask, actually ask him, to beef up a little bit. So I would ask him to put on some weight in the off season. Like I'll put in with the trainers, tell them to, you know, build up your strength, get in the weight room. And I would try to convert him into one of those guys like a Leonard Floyd for the Rams. Cause he has the ability to rush the passer. And then I would just beef up the defensive line. Like you said, the defensive tackle position, because we know Grady is similar to JJ Watt. You can put him on the outside and inside. Keep just line him up over the weakest de- uh, offensive lineman and allow him to go to work in one-on-one situations. But when you were talking about the Rams, the Rams did a lot of different things to beef up. Like I said, Ashawn Robinson, they had a Dobbin Kinsu for a point. They went out and got Von Miller. Like, they always but made they, they had guys around Aaron Donald. But why I said that in particular is because the year prior, they had Fowler. They had um, pass rushes. All right. those guys got to the, 
to the rest of it. But these, this is what we talk about, those small, intricate details of football that people don't focus on, stopping the run, being able to fill the gaps. The gaps. And, um, you know, one other thing that I look at is it's those timely I don't, I don't it's not necessarily timely catches but it's those when wide receivers they know when it's time to make a big catch I don't think we have at this point uh, point time we don't have a guy that all right it's time for me to step up and make that big play I think Drake um, can get there, but he he needs to understand. He he doesn't have that situational awareness yet. He has the ability to make big plays, but that situational awareness, knowing that I need to get down, knowing that I got a hold on this football, those are the things that you saw, that you see with the Rams, that you see with the Buffalo Bills, you see with the Eagles. They have players that know situational uh football and understand that i i need to step up and make a play and and today um did we really get that today that's the question i'll have for you guys like what what's that one play in today's game where you said all right they stepped up and this was a big moment uh, before we get to that, let's get this super chat out the way, man. Jamal Grant with the six dollars super chat. I see what he did there with that. Um, yes, this is the six win. He said zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, still win at home. One stat back came true today. Ritter protects home field. He proved it in college. Mm-hmm. Screw me. Appreciate the six dollars. So you said, Mike, so you said what play? What play did I saw where it said definitely step up? Is that what you're saying? Just not necessarily step up, but it was a key moment, a crucial time where a player, you saw from a player that said, all right, it's time for me to make a play. And that person made that play. I'll say Grady Jared on that fourth and one. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yep. Because if you look at it at that moment was even though they was kind of on the edge of field goal range, um, what has been one of the major things that you've seen teams do to the Falcons a lot this year is try them on fourth and one. And nine times a day, what they say, fourth and one is usually one of those downs that is the hardest to stop. Now, if you're talking about the quarterback sneak, like I said, that's really an impossible play. To, well, I ain't going to say impossible, but it's most likely. But at that mm-hmm. juncture and moment when the defense, they, like I said, this comes back to what you said about those three or four plays. This was a play that they had needed. Um, Like I said, Grady darted through that line and Rashad Evans damn cleaned it up. I was like, yep, that's it right there. That's all I got to say on that one. 
I have to say it was the whole in the whole last drive. Like what I liked about the last drive was the Falcons went back to their identity, which I talked about in this team, where you seen CP and you seen Algier, both the heartbeats of this team. Basically, we just ran the ball down their throats and say, try to stop us. Like we basically just right there out there on the field said, we gonna take your manhood. Like we finna show you that we the this is our field. We finna run at you and see if you can stop us. We're gonna make you use your timeouts and we're gonna run the ball right at you. So I'll say with the, the running game and the offensive lines, because when we mentioned Tyler Algier and CP, they can't do anything without those guys in front of them. So I feel like it was play calling, but it was the the front, you know, the trenches. I feel like it was the trenches and the running backs that to me was the play of the game. Even though that was a big throw by Desmond Ritter towards the end, I really feel like us being able to run the ball because I feel like with the former Falcons teams, we struggled with ending games. You guys know when Dan Quinn was here, it's so crazy because it's like the yin and yang of Falcons teams. With Dan Quinn, it was like we would get out to early leads and always blow leads because we couldn't run the rush the passer and we couldn't run the ball. And then with this team, it's like we start slow, but we finish strong. Like we run the ball well, and it seemed like in the second half of games, we shut teams down. And we're able to in game strong. So it's like the these teams are yin and yang with the two coaching staff. So I'll say it was the running game. That's really what I liked. You know, I feel like we took the ball by the horns and we basically just said, we finna run this ball down your throat. We went back to that one game. I don't remember which game it was when Arthur Smith said, we finna run the piss out of the ball. And they caught him saying it on the sideline. But today was that <laughs> moment when he just said, CP, he put him in first. CP was running for, he ran it down to like midfield. Then he put Tyler Algier back in and he ran it all the way down to like the clock was ran out. So I was just like, that's what I like to see. That's how you close a team out. Run that football. We gave the, the league a taste of their own medicine because that's been our Achilles heel. Well, we couldn't stop. As K pointed to that Grady Jarrett play, that's been what's been riddling this team for like the last in this four game losing streak. We couldn't stop the fourth and ones in the in the fourth and third and shorts. So I'll say that was the biggest to me. That last drive was to me the biggest part of the game was the offensive line and the running backs. Hmm. What you got, Mike? See, I, I'm up here reading everybody's comments. I don't know if I, I forgot what. Uh... <laughs> Are you gonna ask a question? I don't <laughs> <laughs> um no um the moment kid um I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a moment but it's just that attitude man Tyler Algier just like he just exudes that confidence y'all need somebody the sparkers hand me the ball you need this first down hand me the ball you need me to uh run over somebody hand me the ball I catch the ball out of the backfield, get his couple yards, give me the ball. Like Tyler Algier just exudes, exudes confidence. And like I said, that's something that's contagious. When people see that type of stuff, you can see everybody run towards them. They smack them on the head. They go to the sidelines. It's like uh, uh, one thing that I see, I did see from uh, uh, Arthur Smith last week is he, what he did was he forced him to stay in the game. I don't care if you're tired. Get your ass back out there on the field. We're going to run this damn ball. That right there, again, those are the small things that from coach, 
that we say, all right, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna set a precedent, man. Like, look, we gotta, we gotta make sure it's like, even if you tired, you need to come back out here and continue to, like, you know, you tired, but you can still give us a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? You can, I don't care if you're tired. Stay out there. I'm gonna hand you the ball again. But that was a crucial moment during the time. Uh, I thought there was a crucial uh, game where Hawkins just needed to just get the job done. And Tyler Algier did exactly that, man. He just got the damn job done and set that precedent for five. Man, we got a $5 super chat here. Jamal Grant with another one. He said, Desmond, eyes down, Phil Ritter, and Jew, you talking about the Browns game. Yeah, that sums it up right there. And we appreciate the super chat. Yeah, that was – I told you Desmond Ritter's a guy that he he does a good job of just not being phased by the rush. And that's what I was talking about, Kay, when you had um, – was trying to get your, uh, get your system back up with your computer. I kind of talked about – uh, with Desmond Ritter, you know, being used to not playing behind the greatest offensive lines uh, in college, you know, playing behind that Cincinnati offensive line that he's used to kind of having guys around his feet and guys around him. You know, he don't need a whole lot of time because he's is what Mike was talking about. He makes quick decisions. He doesn't sit there and hold on to the ball all day. He understands that windows close really quick uh, in the NFL. He's picked up on that within the first three games of his, you know, him starting. So, I definitely agree with him talking about his eyes being downfield because you hear David Gone talk about why his NFL career didn't last long because he was watching the rush. He talked about you got to be used, you know, get used to guys and bodies being around you, you know, and being able to still look down the field and make throws. Cause I don't know if you guys noticed on that one play where the ball got tipped, I could see that Drake London had broke open. He was wide open. If the ball wouldn't have got tipped, it would have been a first down. He had just like ran a quick out route and the ball got batted. And you seen Desmond Ritter like, ah, man, because he already knew. He released it perfect time and he was just finna break off his route, but the ball got tipped. But the timing, you know, he's gotten that timing down. Him and Desmond, uh, Desmond Ritter and both Drake London, they had that connection, man. When it, When it's time to make a big play, Desmond Ritter's a guy, like I said, as a drop back quarterback, you got to have that feel. He has the feel. And then when he talked about uh, the Cleveland game, he was talking about when I said they were getting ready to run the piss out of the ball. Yeah, I couldn't remember which game it was because it was a while ago. But, yeah, that was a Cleveland Browns game where we literally ran the ball pretty much like 10 straight plays. So, yeah. <laughs> but I think we're going to go ahead and wind it down. Um. Got plenty to talk about this week, y'all, and um, we don't want to oversaturate y'all today. Um, so oh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got a lot, lot of stuff to talk about. I know you got a couple of videos himself. I, I got, I definitely got some stuff for you guys. Yeah, I think this. I think this week's lineup, live lineup, is going to be very interesting on how we're going. Oh do yeah, this. I promise so, you that. So we appreciate everybody tuning in, man. Like you say, y'all make sure y'all go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. As you already know, Mad Mike Sports, Jew Talk Sports, Six Man K Styles, aka the Heavy Hitters. And I found me a new friend too. Found me a new friend. 
Y'all got a problem? Batting RBIs out this mug, boy. That's what we do around here. This is why they call us the heavy hitter. <laughs> Bad RBIs every time you hear us talk. So until next time, people. I'm about to say the AFN crew coming on after us too, right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So y'all make sure y'all tune tune in over the AFN. Be ready for it. Got the AFN crew coming up here soon, so they're going to give you their takes on the game as well. Make sure you hit the subscribe button over there as well. So until next time, people, we ain't here to play. Oh, no. We here to stay. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. You ain't got to go home. But you got to get the hell up out of here. Deuces. Ain't no fanfare around here.